I love that song. <laughs> I love the addition to it. Uh, wonderful Savior. And then the, the, the part that just says, uh, uh, death could not hold him. Uh, oh man, that, there's, there's just no better message that we need to hear this morning than, than he lives. Although we're beyond chapter 15. Uh, this is the morning that we're back and our, our kids are, so, so if you're kindergarten through uh, fifth grade, if you'd come on forward, we're back uh, to, to having classes uh, down for you this morning. Uh, this is my time. Okay. Oh, and, and uh, we do want to let you know, this is what it is. Okay, once we're done, you don't go downstairs to get them. They're going to be in the chapel this morning. So it's at the end of the hallway, and take a left. And the, the chapel, so the kids, after we're done, will be in the chapel this morning. Uh, and, and then also the threes, fours, and fives, are, are, are they already gone? Uh, they're collecting in the back as well. Threes, fours, and five-year-olds, so uh, they'll be going back there. All right. Uh, I haven't done this in a long time, but I wanted to have a little show and tell with you. Uh, this, this just really brings me back uh, when I was younger, and, and maybe perhaps some of you might remember this as well. But when we went to church, there was this, this object, and uh, what would happen is during the service, we would stop, and there were uh, some of the, the deacons and some people, volunteers would come up, and we'd line up, and we would pray over what we call the offering, and then each one would take the tray, and, and believe it or not, we would go down each aisle, and it would be passed in front of everybody, and then you would have the opportunity to put your checks in here, your change, or whatever your offering for the Lord was, you were able to put it in the plate, and then we'd collect it in the back. So that was a part of our worship service. So that was, you know, a long time ago, just last year. And so, you know, it's been over a year since we used these. i got to let you know just the truth of that is that leadership had had conversation about changing that anyway. So when COVID came, we just kind of moved forward with what we had talked about, and, and that's having, you know, the offering boxes, which we purchased, and, and have placed back there. That's the way we collect now. Well, man, things have changed a lot. Offering boxes, and there's a website where you could you just get on there, and you could, uh, whatever you call that. I'm, I'm, man, technology and I are not, yeah. You could actually go through the website and, and use your card to... Uh, to, to do your offering. So uh, anyway, things have really changed. Things have changed. Uh, I do want to talk to you about collection uh, this Sunday. Uh, because that, if, if you go to where we are today, we're entering into chapter 16. We're just going to finish with this. Chapter 16, first four verses, which is just instruction from Paul. Uh, but before we do, last week it was resurrection and right after resurrection, we're going to talk about collection, which just makes sense to me. I mean, man, all the rejoicing and everything. Okay, pass the plates kind of idea. But anyway, when it, when it came to uh, uh, last week, especially that, that verse 58, uh, we, we talked about resurrection. You know, hey, the, the death of Jesus, his burial, and his resurrection on the third day. Uh, and in and, and verse 58, it left, you know, one of the greatest things that we learned from that chapter is, is man, the expectations. Uh, what we could be called to because Jesus did all that for me, what can I do for him? And 58 answers that. Well, first of all, stand firm. 
You know, stand firm. Stand your ground. Uh, always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. That, that's Paul's challenge uh, to those believers he's writing to. Man, Jesus rose from the dead. That's our message. That's what, he's did, that's what he has done for us. What we, can we do for us? Uh, what could we do for him? Stand firm and give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Then chapter 16. Here's how it goes. 16 verses 1 through 4. Again, this is really strictly instruction he lays out. He says, now about the collection for the Lord's people. Do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each of you should, should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up, so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Then, when I arrive, I will give letters of introduction to the men you approve and send them with your gift to Jerusalem. If it seems advisable for me to go also, they will accompany me. So absolutely, what we're looking at today is instruction. The instruction is going with a collection that, that is just beginning. Uh, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But, but first of all, it, I believe this idea of collection has a lot connected with what, what was said in just verse 58. Give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Give yourselves fully. What does that mean? Well, part of it is answered in this, this collection, in, in our ability to give and supply need. Matter of fact, where there are needs, we have a responsibility. Uh, where where are there, there are needs that we're aware of, that we have a responsibility as a church to, to seek, to fulfill with the best of our ability. Uh, I want to start here this morning. We, we are called to care for those in need. We, we as a church, as believers in Christ, that there's, there's more for us to pay attention around us for those who are in need because we're called care, to care for those in need. And Paul, uh, in this, just to, to open the door, let you know a little bit more, because there's other places we look at to understand this, this idea of what the collection is all about. Uh, the collection is amongst the churches that Paul's connected to, these Gentile uh, churches, we'd call them. In Macedonia, uh, churches like Philippi and Thessalonica and Achaia, where, where Corinth is. And he's made an appeal amongst these churches he's worked with. Many of those he started. And, and he is, he's made an appeal on, on the behalf of the church in Jerusalem. There's a severe famine that believers in Jerusalem are, are under a lot of stress about and, and, and in need of. And, and so Paul is, is making an appeal to these Gentile churches, for, and that's what the collection is all about. Acts really doesn't have a lot to say about it. Uh, in Acts chapter 11, verse 21, a guy named Agabus prophesied there at Antioch and said, hey, there's going to be a, this great famine. It's going to be over the whole province of Rome. And it seems like one of the worst places that suffered from this famine is Jerusalem. Uh, it was going to be in the period uh, of, of Claudius, uh, Emperor Claudius from A.D. 41 to, 40, uh, to 54. And that, matter of fact, so happens to be the time that they're, they're, uh, they're, they're placing a date on this, this letter to the Corinthians, the first letter to Corinthians, identified as one of the first messages concerning or uh, identifications concerning this collection. Uh, the passage... Uh, it's also identified, if you want to write these down, like Romans 15... 
There's, there's like three, uh, four or five verses there that speaks to this collection. Uh, and not only 1 Corinthians, but Paul addresses it again in 2 Corinthians. And, and this, so this collection had a specific purpose for a specific need for Jewish believers in Jerusalem. This part of giving, I'm going to re- just repeat this, is, is part of that fully giving ourselves to the work of the Lord. It, it comes in that offering, in that collection. And th- now there's more going on, I think we need to realize, than just covering the needs of others when it comes to any kind of offering that's collected. And, and we need to realize this. It's really brought out, and, and I'd like to, to even introduce to you the 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. The reason for Paul addressing it again, here's the idea that in 1 Corinthians, uh, it, it's thought that the, the, congregation, uh, the congregations in Corinth were asking, well, hey, how about this collection that we're, we're giving? They were actually all in at the beginning. And were, they were actually asking or, or needing information concerning how it's to be collected, you know, where's it going to go, and other details about it. That's why Paul addresses it very simply in 1 Corinthians. But by the time 2 Corinthians is written, they started with a lot of enthusiasm. And, and Are you familiar with this? They started with a lot of enthusiasm, but over a period of time, it just kind of dwindled and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it wasn't anything significant for them anymore. The reason Paul wrote chapter 8 and 9, if you want to read those later on, the reason he wrote 8 and 9 is because of that. They were dropping the ball. He, and he wanted to come in and encourage, I, th- I believe it's in, with encouragement and challenge to say, hey, pick that up. And, and, and may it, you, know, you, you need to, to continue the collection because it's coming that we're going to pick it up and, and take it to Jerusalem. There are, there are some words I think is really important for us. Uh, to, to hear what Paul or how Paul describes this offering. Words that we probably don't use today. We call it offering, collection we might be uh, familiar with. But Paul, one of those words is it, he uses is sharing. The word sharing. NIV says sharing. I'd be interested to see I, many of those uh, translations today uses that word sharing. But the word that's translated sharing in there, it might be a word that you've heard before. If, if I said, if you ever know a Greek word, you might say this. It's koinonia. Are you familiar with that? It, it's the word for fellowship. And, and, and very ideally, man, we've talked about fellowship, how important it is that connecting together, the fellowship, us uh, coming together and, and, and taking part in each other. You know, living our lives together for what? For strengthening, for encouraging, for growing, for challenging everything that we're a part of. That word sharing is the word fellowship. It is the fellowshipping, uh, we're, we're fellowshipping in the service uh, of the Lord's people. And, and I find that very significant because here are Gentiles who are taking up a collection on behalf of Jewish Christians in Jerusalem. Now, the Jewish Christians, or even the Jews, are familiar with Gentiles by calling them dogs because they were the people of God. And if you weren't a person of God, they considered you kind of like a, I mean, you were looked down upon. You weren't the people of God. You're a dog. And, and so that, that was kind of the attitude of, of many of those Jews. And they're getting used to this idea that now 
Because of Jesus, this gospel is available to everybody. And, and you know what's happening all over? I mean, where Paul is going, there, there are churches sprouting up, and there are Gentile believers, and now those Gentile believers have an opportunity to, to collect up an offering and bring it to the Jews. You know, an offering that's given to you by those dogs. You know, but now they're, they're beginning to understand that there's going to be this fellowship. Even though they're so far away, there's a fellowship of believers, Jews with Gentiles. They're, they're putting rubber on that wheel, you know, that, that's going to move this vehicle of bringing them together. And part of it is through this offering. It's, it's an identifying, a partnership uh, that they're bringing to. Romans 15, 26 and 27, Paul actually identifies and, and tells the Gentiles, hey, listen, listen, this, this is a way that you could kind of reciprocate what they've done on your behalf. Well, what have the Jews done? They brought you Jesus. It's through this Jewish nation that Jesus has come. Your Savior has come from here. So this is a way of, of contributing to that group and being thankful for them, for Jesus. Rome, again, that's Romans 15, 26, and 27. Another word that's used. Matter of fact, even in that uh, chapter 8, verse 4, is that word service. It, it is a sharing in the service. Service. That we're, and we're familiar with service. It's used in, in chapter 8, verse 4 of 2 Corinthians, 9, chap, uh, verse 1, verse 12, and again in 13. It is a service. This collection is a service to people. Are we, we're familiar with the word service. And oh man, were the apostles uh, very familiar with the word service. Those who listen to Jesus and learn from Jesus. Matter of fact, uh, can you even imagine what it was like sitting at the table there in fellowship with those 12 apostles? And, and, and ever forget this one scene where before we ate, Jesus went to his knees, had the basin of water, and went around and washing each one of the apostles' feet. Washing each one of their feet. What is this is Jesus. This is the Son of God on his knees doing what? Serving. What do you think his message or, or what the example he was setting on behalf of his apostles? Matter of fact, he even told them, he said, man, if you want to be great in God's kingdom... You know what you do? You learn to be the servant of all. You learn to serve. And if they learned anything from Jesus, man, they're in this world to serve. Jesus did it well, and, and so did his apostles. And guess what? We're called to do the same. Part of what we do in collections and, 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 and taking up an offering is your opportunity to serve. Again, this is a work that's happening not just on behalf of those in need. It's, a, it's something that's happening within us. It's a partaking, it's, it's a God's grace working within us. Matter of fact, the final word I want to share with you that's out of that chapters 8 and 9, used a couple times, well, especially in 2 Corinthians, and I do want to read this one for you, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 8, verses 6 through 9, and, and, and the phrase is an act of grace, that, that this offering, that this time of, of giving is an act of grace. Well, we know what grace is. Grace is exactly how we describe of what God has given us in Jesus. It is God's action of grace that he sent Jesus to die for us. Now, our, part of our act of grace is to, is to make contribution, is to give to those who are in need. Uh, here, here's that 6 through 9. Uh, Paul continues to talk about what others have done, and, and he wants Timothy to be a part of this. He says, in verse 6, so we urged Titus 
just as he had earlier made a beginning to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. Again, uh, these Corinthians had kind of dropped the ball about the, the contribution. And so Titus had to say, let's get back on it. Let's, let's continue to build so we could complete this act of grace. It goes on, but since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, we see that you also excel in this grace of giving. In this grace of giving. He goes on to say in verse 9, I am not commanding you. Again, that's important to hear, right? This is not a commandment. This isn't a have to. I am not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. He wants to, I mean, what do, we, what do we reveal in our giving? Part of that is, are we really sincere about what we're doing here? Are we really genuine in what we're doing here? And we could, we could measure that by, you know, what is our contribution to anything on behalf of the Lord's work look like? You can measure that for yourself. That's really for you. You measure that yourself. What does that look like? How much are we really engaged through Christ because of his death and resurrection? Verse 9 goes on to say, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Again, that's a look of what God has done for us. What has he done except to, man, pour out such a blessing by sending his son to die for us? Oh man, it's brought us to a new place, hadn't it? It's, it's brought us to a different way of living life, not under condemnation of sin, but into a relationship with him that we live today. And the guarantee behind it is he lives. He lives. Again, that reminder was just given to us. Now, when it, when it comes to contributing to the poor or, or, or to those in need, uh, we don't need excuses. And, and do we think that God even would... would consider our excuses sometimes we turn to scriptures for excuses one of those is out of second thessalonians three ten. how often have you heard or even thought of this quoted when it comes to the possibility of giving to someone who's in need the one who is unwilling to work shall not eat paul said that the one who's not willing to have you ever thought that when you see someone by the roadside maybe a sign out or uh you know been been hit up for some bucks as you go into a restaurant have you ever had that and what's your first thought i'm going to quote second second thessalonians 310 well if you don't work you don't eat you know that kind of thing i i i don't think we need to go to scripture here especially for this actually paul is talking about a fellow believer who's actually taking advantage of others by kind of not doing what he ought to do but maybe busy in other ways that that's not uh beneficial or fruitful and yet taking advantage of everybody else now if if we identify that yeah we could quote that to him and then we could also rebuke him and say man you need, if you want to be involved, here's, so, the, so there's a direction where you could take someone. But for us, man, we see a need. And, and we talked about this before, is, man, the Holy Spirit, man, if it dropped in your ear, and we said, man, if it's something that, that's good to do, do it. Do it. To give, contribute. If you have uh, that, that in, your, in your pocket, it is okay. We're called to meet needs. We're called to be different in this world. And we shouldn't be this way. You know, or, or let, me, let me pull this out. We shouldn't be this way. 
it ought to be this way. Right? It, 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 I, mean, I believe that we follow a generous God. Absolutely. We, we follow and serve a generous God. Guess what? And, and he wants generous and, and loving followers. So that's what we ought to be showing people. Uh, another excuse that we might hear from, from some folks is something that Jesus said. Uh, he, he made this quote. Uh, he, he said, uh, you always have the poor with you. So, so I mean, we'll, we'll never be able to, to solve world hunger. We'll never be able to, to solve poverty. We'll never, I mean, what he said, it, that's true. We're always going to have the, so we should just give up on that, Right? Yeah, just you, you use the, your, your funds for whatever benefits you. And man, we just can't take care of this situation. That's not what Jesus said for, for that reason either. Matter of fact, the situation was he was in a, in a home in Bethany right before his, his crucifixion. Home with, with a family he knew, Mary, Martha, and, and Lazarus. And his disciples were there. And, and Mary comes out and breaks this alabaster jar of perfume and pours it over Jesus' feet, wipes it off with her hair, and, and uh, Judas is right there. Oh, man, we could have used it. Have you ever done this? Oh, we could have used that money for something more uh, godly. We could have used it at, uh, for the poor. And Jesus then said that. He said, oh, man, you always have the poor with you. But you only have me for a short time. I, I have no trouble being extravagant for Jesus. Anybody? <laughs> At Jesus' feet, would you be extravagant for him? I mean, he's coming to your house. Let's go buy the, the more, most choicest steak. I don't know whether Jesus ate steak. Well, anyway, uh, I, would, I would just go, man, I would go, we would probably clean the carpet before Jesus came and, and do all kinds of things because, oh, man, is anything... Uh, you know, whatever expense, we would spend it on Jesus. And that's the kind of idea here from Mary. Uh, matter of fact, Jesus is probably quoting this passage in Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 11. Back in the Old Testament, it was said, there will always be poor people in the land. Therefore, he says, therefore I command you to be open-handed, uh, uh, generous, toward your fellow Israelites who are poor and needy in your land. Hey, we're, just simply to say, we're called to give. We're called to be givers. We're called to supply needs. We're called to supply needs, which is definitely different from the world. I really believe the world is more like this. Let's, let's put it in the bank. Let's do the saving. Let's do, hold, hold, hold. And it's not this. It's not this. But that's, but that's our God. And that's Jesus uh, Paul's instructions. Let's get back to, to that passage in 1 Corinthians verse 16 and those four verses. Um, again, this is instruction, and it's instruction in these two areas, in giving and in distribution. Giving and distribution. First of all, in giving, giving ought to be purposeful and planned. I mean, there are those times maybe someone's, you know, man, can you help me out? And, and, and that wouldn't be so purposeful and planned. The purposeful would be, man, if, if I could help you out, here's, here's some cash for you. Go get a burger or take him, go get a hamburger. You know, whatever. I, I would recommend that myself. We've, we've gone here to the church of instead of handing out cash, what do you need? Gas. I'll take you to the gas station. We'll put it. You know, fill up your tank, or if you need food, there's either vouchers or we'll take you and, and, and go someplace and get some food. Uh, in this, the, Paul sets forth a plan. Verse 2, verse 2 says, uh, On the first day of every week, 
each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income. Do you hear what he said? I mean, make a plan, set aside a certain amount of money on a weekly basis, and, and keep that for when I come back, and then I'll collect it and, and, and take it. It's not a, boom, what do you have today? What do you have today? Some of us come when it comes to church. Oh, the offering plate's passed. Remember this? Pull out the water wallet and, oh, well, whatever I got in the wallet, then I'll judge from that and put it in the plate. I, I do believe the kind of giving that we're challenged to give is a planned giving. Uh, matter of fact, the next phrase is in keeping with your income. What you, it's not giving beyond what you make, but in, in accord with what you're able to make, then... then we call that a budget. Uh, we, we encourage you to live on a budget. You know, consider, you know, what, what cost of everything is and, and uh, then be challenged. You know, when, when you receive your check, you know, taxes are already gone, right? The tax is already taken out. That's already first. But, but when you handle it, it's always been encouraged with a lot of the budgets I've seen is, is make that the, the, the next thing that goes out is your tithe or your, uh, your contribution that you have already decided in your mind. And then everything left over is going to take care of your house, your utilities, your food, vacation, whatever else. And, and do it in that way. It is organized. It is planned. Uh, I, I love the illustration that, that to Kyle Eidelman, there's a book called Not a Fan that a group of us have just read through, but one of the illustrations he sets forth is a commitment that he and his wife made when it comes to their contribution to the Lord's work. And it was basically this, that, that they had decided that, that they're, not, they're going to, to contribute at least the, amount of, the, the same amount of, of what their house payment was, was going to be. Whatever their house payment was, that's going to be the same, or uh, they were going to have more than, than what they were contributing towards what they were living in. And that made sense to me. What I'm living in isn't going to be any more than what I'm contributing to the Lord's work. What does that say about the Lord's work to me? Man, that's my heart. That, that's where I am. Now, that's, that's a pretty good challenge. Uh, but but I, I, I thought that was, that was uh, a kind of a neat commitment. God will supply. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, I'm not going to read it for you, but, but here's some things that he brings out uh, talking to the Corinthians, as they might be concerned about, well, oh man, it's, it's tough to give. And, and I concur. Sometimes, there's, there's times that we've been through tough difficulties, but still giving was number one. And we went through the tough, you know, we made adjustments and other things to get through. But here's what it says. God gives abundantly, so you will abound in every good work. See, I think about Judas, the complainer, a break in the perfume, where, where was his mind? Where was his trust? It was probably more in the power of money than it was the power of God. Oh, man, that could go towards the poor. And for us, a lot of times, we're looking more to the power of money than we are thinking about the power of God. So that might cause us to be a little bit more this way with our funds about mine, mine, mine than to be able to be free to say, man, it's, it's really about what you give. It's about what you do. I'm trusting you, not the almighty dollar. And that's a place that I think we ought to be in pursuit of. Maybe we're already there. It's a continuous pursuit to say that, God, I'm dependent upon you for my everyday. 
not upon the almighty dollar. Um, uh, there is uh, also a, another phrase that's in there. He says, he gives us, he gives so you can be generous on every occasion. In, the, in this passage, health and wealth really run with uh, one of these. He said, man, if, if you give, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be blessed. I, so, so some of the things that I know has been set up front is you give in order that you're going to receive back tenfold. Woohoo! What a banking account that is. Why are you guys even trusting a bank? Just bring your paychecks here, lay it here, and it's going to be coming back to you tenfold. Well, how's that coming back? I, I do believe that there's blessings. I do believe there's blessings when we're trusting God. But, but it's, if, if we're having this expectation, uh, man, it's not going to happen. The idea is trusting God. I believe those blessings come back also in what we just talked about. It comes back because you're active in, in the things of fellowship, in participation, in sharing. You, it's, it's also active because of the service you're involved in. There, there's a joy that you realize when, man, I, I am actually participating because of that resurrection and in, in, in giving myself fully to the work of the Lord. There, there is some kind of joy that, that comes that, that no mighty dollar is ever going to, to satisfy. When you're serving God and trusting Him, man, you could be in the worst of circumstances. You could be in poverty and, and just find yourself satisfied and content in this life. Why? Because you're trusting in God. Not in the things of this world. Not in the things of this world. He gives you uh, he gives so you can be generous on every occasion. Man, he opens the door for us to be generous. He opens the door for us to act in grace. He opens the door and enables us to really truly be involved in that, in that fellowship together. The, the last thing he says in that, that uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verses 10 and 11, he says, and, and by the end of it all, by the end of your contribution, what does it do? It ends up in bringing thanksgiving to God. Could you imagine the, 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 the Jewish Christians in Jerusalem? What were they thankful for? Man, all of a sudden they're thankful for, absolutely for God supplying, but they're also thankful for, for what God is now doing in those churches in Philippi and Thessalonica. We're so thankful for the church in, in uh, uh, Corinth. And, and Galatia, that, that they would think so much that they would take up this generous gift and, and give it to us so we could make it through this, this uh, famine. I, we, we have made contributions, and, and we have some of our missions in, in Brazil and also in Central India Christian Mission. I, I want them to know that we're partnering with them. They need to know that the church in Junction City, even so far away, we, we have a fellowship with them. And we want to serve the Lord by helping them in their ministry. Oh, what, to people we don't even know? I, I've had the comments before. I said, why are we, we need some money here. I mean, we could use some new carpet. and say, Obviously, right? There's some things we could do here. But I never want to shut the door to what we're doing overseas and, and to, to help others who are abroad or in other states even uh, to, to have our hands open as a congregation. Because, why? I mean, you're here to worship, aren't you? 
I would ask you, do you have a thankful heart before God? How do you show that? How do you show that? Part of that is in your contribution as well as your words and that probably more so in those areas where it's difficult, where maybe you sweat a little bit. How are we going to make this work? But I'm, we're just going to do it. We're going to trust God. And when you see it work out, man, praise goes to Him. Praise goes to Him. Also, distribu- not, not just the giving, but he talks about distribution. Here's what he says. Then when I arrive, I will give letters of introduction to the men you approve and send them with your gift to Jerusalem. I can imagine one of the questions that, that this congregation has. Well, okay, how can we trust you, Paul? Maybe. I mean, Paul's had trouble with this congregation. So maybe they were questioning his integrity. Paul, Paul prepared for that. He said, some men that you approve of, men that you feel safe with, they're going to be the ones who deliver this. I'm going to give them letters of introduction so when they go to Jerusalem, they'll be able to say, hey, this is the intent, this is the purpose, this was the offering we've, we've set, and, and here it is. So they were going to take it. Possibly Paul was, which ends up that Paul does go, Acts 20, Paul does go with them to Jerusalem. But Paul actually established an answer to the question is, how can we trust you? Or how can we trust that these funds are going to make it to where you say they're going to be, to really helping the Jewish Christians? And so Paul lays it out simply. I think we need to be the same place, asking questions. I know many of us might watch a lot of the TV uh, ministers and, and those Oh, man, collecting so much. And I appreciate some ministries that are out there. There's something called the ECFA, the Evangelical Council of Financial Accountability. If you're watching and contributing to, to some of those ministers on TV, several of them, uh, it, I, I would, one of the things I would check is, are they involved in the ECFA? Because they're a group who, who expects or, or helps to, to reveal financial accountability. What's coming in is going into ministry, not going into mansions. Are you with me? Not going into mansions or, you know, jet airplanes and other things. And, and so it, it is a way to show that there's integrity being handled with money that's coming in. Uh, there, there are a lot named that, that actually has received an F from a group called the Ministry Watch, who actually... Uh, hold like three standards for, uh, for transparency when it comes to ministry and finances coming in. Uh, many of those have received an F because of all three standards, there are several who don't hold any of those standards. And it's a lot of the health and wealth preachers, obviously. Um, now, let's bring it home. It's easier to talk about those on TV, but what about us? What about us and, and, and the contribution that we receive? Here's what's available to you. I'll just make it this way. Uh, right now, I know the board is, is finalizing some details on our church budget. Something you just need, like Paul giving information, I'm giving you information. There's a budget that we're going to approve, uh, look to approve in July. We make it available to you. It will be within the next week or two. We're going to have a printout, and anyone who wants to look at our budget, uh, what we project for this next year is in that budget. We want you to look through it. The reason we want you to look for it, if you have questions, is what is this line? And why so much money here? And, or, or any of those questions, we encourage you as a congregation to ask, because through your contributions here, we want you to know what's, what's being done with it and why we're directing 
some of those. And you could challenge us. Hey, why don't we put more here? I, you could do those things. That's why we bring it out. We want you to know what we're doing with it. And besides this once a year going through this and approving of a budget that we work with, each month there is a financial report. And our, our treasurer would just love for you to read her report. She's so busy with that each month that you can look at the report and say, okay, and if you have questions, the same thing. You know, what's happening with the, the finances? We want you to know. There's other things that maybe we could do, but we want to hear from you. We want to hear from you because, uh, focus, this is, uh, we, we see the funds going into the work of the Lord. That's the importance of it. It's going into the Lord's work. Give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Be involved in it. Question it. Question the integrity. Is, are, are we working with integrity? We need to be held accountable. Absolutely, we want to be held accountable. We want you to be a part of this budgeting process to look at it. And even we, we, in July, those who are members, man, we vote on that. Or excuse me, June is when that happens. So, so look, that's coming. Within the next couple of weeks, there will be a budget available to you. We want you to look at that. Mission, one other thing I, I want to say before I close this off. Missions team. Wow, I went a little long, longer. Sorry about that. Missions team. Uh, I, I want to plug in for the missions. Missions team is those that look over a lot of the missions we have. I mentioned uh, Phil McAfee and, and Brazilian min, uh, missionary. Uh, Central India Christian Mission is another one we support. Manhattan Christian College, we support them. College, uh, Cookson Hills Children's, uh, Children's Home in Oklahoma, we support. Also the CEA, which is the Christian Evangelizing Association. And when I mention these, a part of the budget that we see, the income that we receive, we tithe to these groups. They're part of our budget. Not a lot of churches do that. We, we tithe from what we receive to, to, to help support the missions that I just named. I would also mention IDES, International Disaster Emergency Service. Uh, not a regular, but, but we have a group of guys that are building sheds for in, in case of an emergency. They're ready to s send sheds out. So that's also, there's other ministries. I, I, we don't even have time to share. Oh, numerous ministries. There are great ministries uh, that are around that we could support and encourage. And guess what? It's your choice. What, what you do, what you want to put your heart into, what you want to serve. Man, the, the idea is what it says in that last part uh, of chapter uh, chapter 15. Man, stand firm, stand firm, and, and put, yourselves, put yourselves fully into the work of the Lord, into, into his uh, service. That's what we're challenged to do. Why? Because Jesus died for your sins. <laughs> he was buried, and he rose again. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you. We thank you for this day. Uh, Lord, every day that you give to us is a gift from you. Grace is just abounding uh, in each day. As we sit down, Lord, you provide a meal before us. Lord, we have a roofs over our head and clothing that we could wear. Father, we're taking care of medically. There are so many blessings that are around us. Lord, sometimes we just take it for granted. We, we are also blessed, Father, in having the opportunity just to come and worship you together, uh, to serve you to seek to grow and be strengthened by you in every day. Father, we praise you and thank you uh, for Jesus always, the greatest evidence of your grace through him. 
Lord, and we just ask, Lord, that you strengthen us in our service, in our attention of loving and serving Christ through our worship. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.